0: what's up slow Trip listeners this is your host zach
1: and matt and we have an exciting announcement
0: cisternacoffeeco.com is officially up and running
1: we are live and
0: everything is in stock uh, we've got our mugs ready to ship right in time for christmas today's date is december the 7th um so everything is ready for you to go um
1: Bolivian coffee's in stock, Thai coffee's in stock, everything's freshly roasted, coffee mugs, decals, Uh, this has been a long time coming, the site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays.
0: Do you want to see a card trick? Sure.
1: Uh, all I need is a deck of cards. The Latin Phoenix Creperie. Shout out to our... Is she Be- Puerto Rican? Yeah, good friend, Amaryllis, who runs a lovely...
0: I say good friend. We've
1: met her twice. She remembered us. Did she? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So... Amaryllis runs a really great little Puerto Rican crepery here in downtown Dublin and we stopped in today to pick up some coffees before our next episode and so I've got a cafe bonbon which is espresso cafe con leche but made with uh, condensed milk so it's sweeter it's really good
0: and I have just a plain old Americano because I'm simple
1: Sure. You are, Simple Jack.
0: <laughs>
1: well done. I love that like every other episode, there's a... There's a reference there's, to Tropic Thunder. Yeah. I, just random. <laughs> I can't believe that. Um, but if you're ever in downtown Dublin, you should definitely check out the Latin Phoenix. Um, it's good. We're going back for lunch in just a minute.
0: Absolutely. So, And the coffee ain't half bad. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you and I have been friends for less than a year. Yeah, we've known each other just over a year for a year. Mm-hmm. Last week, I think, would have been considered a year. Matter of fact, let me look back at my photos when when we actually posted that, because I don't remember exactly when it was when we posted what that we're or or whenever we're friends t- official. Yeah, like when we officially met.
1: Okay. Um, when I, I said you looked like a certain character. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Just to catch you off guard. That we cannot speak of here. Well, so,
1: July the 16th was yeah. the talent show. Mm-hmm. that, And that truly was the night. The night of the talent show was the night that I realized we could be friends.
0: Yeah. After that,
1: after watching you be MC extraordinaire at the talent show at indian springs it was a lot of fun yeah so welcome back to the slow drip podcast i'm matt with me as always is zach and today we've got a fresh episode and we're going to talk about a year of friendship in indian springs and all The the magic of Indian Springs is and how we became friends because of that.
0: I think this is going to be an interesting episode too because, like, we have two very different perspectives. Like, you've been a part of Indian Springs pretty much your entire life, Mm -hmm. right? And I have been there twice, two times, including a week ago, right? So, I think it was interesting. You told me about, I guess let me back up. So last year, when I came to Indian Springs, I was in a, I don't want to say dead spot.
1: Would it be fair to say a spiritual desert? Yeah.
0: Okay. There
1: you go. And
0: my truck is. Buried to the frame in loose sand, and I can't get out. I'm just spinning my wheels, and I felt like everything I did wasn't pushing anything further. It was just the more I tried to do, the deeper I went into this spiritual desert. Mm -hmm. So I was leading worship at, well, not really leading worship. I was part of the worship team, occasionally leading um, with Andrew at Connection Vidalia. And it was interesting because, like, I've always played music at church, always, since I was a teenager, all the way through, like, it's just, I mean, I went to college for music. Like, it's just been a big part of my life. Um, and like, it's really hard for me to get into worship without being on that side, which is significant. So for me, so I took a step back. I realized that worship for me was less worship and more obligation. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, so we're a mobile church presently. Um, So we set up and tear down every week. So getting there early in the morning, like I I just grew to, I don't know. I was, I, I don't know how to put it without being rude. I was, I was resentful. Of the mm-hmm. fact that I had to worship, right? So whenever I I realized that that was wrong, I don't remember what it was that made me do that, but I realized that that was wrong, and I and I was at a weird spot too with um, like some of my relationships and and, and friendships and um, and like there was just a lot of stuff that was really heavy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it took a lot for me to pull back and say, I don't need to do this right now because I'm in it, I'm in it for the wrong reason, or I'm doing something wrong, or maybe I'm not doing enough, or whatever whatever the case may be, I just wasn't, like, I, I was very spiritually
1: flat. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's not an uncommon place that people in ministry find themselves You know, I think it's one of those that when you find yourself in that, you think, what's wrong with me? I must be doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that with any kind of ministry, there is a potential for that at any turn. I think that's a story that a lot of people end up having as far as wondering, you know, what's going on or it just kind of stagnates. Um, So I think it's a common pitfall is what I'm trying to get to anyone within. And I've fallen into that as well, doing missions work with beehive of you, you go through the motions and you're, you're doing uh, everything and you're pouring out so much Mm -hmm. that you've got to make sure that you're getting spiritually fed as well. And when that's not happening and you're not recognizing it, I've seen I've seen pastors, I've seen worship leaders, I've seen ministry leaders not recognize that and get into a really unhealthy place really fast.
0: And that's what I wanted to avoid. Right. So the recognition and backing out and saying, okay, let me gather my thoughts and kind of recalibrate a little bit. Like, that was really tough. So Corbin... Corbin had asked me a couple months prior, this was summer last year, so I'll say Mm -hmm. June, July is when I started, like, really feeling like this. Like, Amanda was in school. we, We were just on two different schedules. Like, I was working, like, really late, and then, like, she was gone early in the morning to classes, and so, like, it was just... I felt like we were stuck in this, like, in-between stage, like this waiting period of, like, something's got to flip. At any moment, there was this, like, tension. Like, something has to happen. The room has filled with gas, and any spark is just going to ignite something, but we don't know what it is. It could be very good, or it could be very bad. So, coming to the realization that I needed to exit... Worship because it was no longer worship for me was hard, and like we were also leading our small group, and like on Tuesdays, and and I'm well aware that my small group listens to our podcast, and and I'll tell them this too. Like I love our group, I do, but on Tuesdays, like I would get to a point where I would be like, oh my gosh, it's Tuesday, like we've got to do that tonight. Like I do not want to do that, so we're not creating disciples with that mentality Mm -mm. at all. In fact, we're probably driving people away. So Corbin had asked me a couple months prior um, about coming to Springs, and I was still kind of on the... I was teetering back and forth at that point. Um, Not necessarily coming, coming to Springs, but spiritually I was teetering back and forth. And just stuck in that rut. So, I, but I reluctant, not even reluctantly. Like I agreed to help my friend. I said, "Yeah, absolutely, I'll be there." Corbin talked. Talk springs up something serious. Let me tell you. And boy, was he wrong.
1: At one level.
0: At one level. Right.
1: Yeah. But like we said, going into camp this year, yeah, you know, we were talking about Corbin, and you were like, that dude loves camp. Like, he lives for it all year long. Absolutely. So it makes perfect sense that he would talk it up.
0: Yeah. And he's, I mean, he already talked about, I mean, the week after camp this year, he was like, dude, I can't wait for next year.
1: That's also during the same week that he had to come to my house to collect all of his earthly possessions (laughs) because he (laughs) left camp, (laughs) drove down to the tabernacle, said goodbye to everybody, and then drove off and then text me at two in the morning. Hey. I forgot my stuff. Not, like, and literally the text was, I left basically everything I own in a laundry basket in the shingler laundry room. What are you going to do? Like, well. So I brought it back to him. I almost kept his shoes. He had some nice like foam Birkenstocks. I thought.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, actually, he got those, the white ones? Yeah. He got those yeah. last year at, during camp. We went up to the Allen Mall at Locust yeah, Grove. Right. And he got them there. What size is he? I didn't look. I don't know. Maybe, uh, well, Birkenstock's weird. Yeah, They're, 37s, 38s. I, I don't know. His, his foot's probably a little smaller than mine.
1: So, yeah. yeah,
0: they might be right. I think I'm like a 42 or something.
1: But anyway. Well, when I found out all of that, <clears throat> I think that was and I think we've said on another episode as we talked about uh how our friendship got started, its genesis point. And maybe this whole this episode is kind of a one year anniversary. Oh, uh, yeah. Um that was unintentional, but it worked out. Uh so um I think one of the things that struck me the most was When you told me your impressions of Indian Springs Camp, having seen it at at face value without all of the spiritual experience that Mm -hmm. goes into it, and you you said, I got here, saw where I was going to be staying for 10 days, I found out that, A, you're married, you had a, a child, and you're running your own business, and you took out 10 days of your time, and I said, what? And you said, Corbin Howard is my friend. And that's when I realized we were going to be friends, whether you wanted to be friends or not.
0: Well, let me tell you, Indian Springs was purely out of obligation to fulfill what I said that I would do. Um, and whenever I first got there, I, was, I immediately started counting down the days mm-hmm. until I was going back home. Just, I mean, being full out and honest, like, I was counting the days down until I was back home in my bed. But by day three or four, I don't, I don't remember exactly when it was. I don't know, something flipped, and I was like, you know, like, I'm not doing this out of obedience. I'm doing it out of obligation, so maybe I should just do it out of obedience and approach it that way instead of me constantly saying hey god what can you do for me just constantly reaching up and saying hey i need some help or hey can you give me this or like i mean and that's like our our prayers are always well i say always our prayers are self-serving hmm. and one-sided i'm like hey god i know what's best for me i need you to do this this and this and, like, just leave it at that. And then whenever it doesn't go my way, I mean, of course I'm going to be in a spiritual funk. But it's because I'm approaching it the wrong way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's because, I mean, God hasn't changed. It's, it's definitely been me. So about halfway through, maybe 30% of the way through camp, I changed, purposefully changed my perspective at that point like i'd taken a step back from worship at church um and like um over the last year or better our our mo- not necessarily motto what is it like our theme i guess in our bible study group has been to be more intentional and to be Active Christians rather than passive Christians, mm-hmm. um, and like I, I, don't know. I left, I left camp last year, um, with with kind of a halfway rejuvenated fe- feeling or mm-hmm. whatever. I, I don't know what you would even call it. Perspective. Yeah. Um. So, like, I still had this fog, but. At that point, it was less living as a passive Christian and saying, "This is what I want out of this," or having preconceived notions about what I wanted out of Christianity, or what I wanted out of my relationship with God. or I mean, and it's not like I was doing anything bad. Mm-hmm. But like my heart, my heart was hard whenever I was standing on stage talking about Graves in the Gardens. Mm. Like, I I remember singing that at church and then just thinking about, okay, another hour or so, I've got to do it again, and then I can go home. Mm. And now, like, it's, it's ironic that I bring that up. Last night, Amanda was in bed. We were in bed, and she She said, I've got that stupid song stuck in my head. I said, what song? She was like, it's that song from Stranger Things that if I could make a deal. So she started playing Graves in the Gardens before she went to sleep. So she could get out of her head. And I just think it's ironic that she was playing that.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Do you remember they played that in Bolivia? Yep. That was cool. That was really cool. That was super cool. The Spanish version.
0: Yep. I, I yep. can't remember if I was, I think I was sitting with Hutch mm-hmm. and uh, I leaned over and said, This is Graves in the Gardens. I don't even think he would, I don't even think he realized. He was like, Oh, okay. I don't even, he may, he may know the song, he may not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, so, so I left camp last year with this like halfway rejuvenated spirit. Um, and kind of a halfway fleshed out perspective. Um, well, and to a new friendship. And at that point, like we weren't friends. We were acquainted. We knew each other. Um, I don't even think that really came until fall. Mm-hmm. Maybe right before I left for Turkey. Um, I, I was talking to you. That was my first big, and which that's a whole nother thing in itself. So, so, coming out of Springs, I realized that I needed to be more intentional, and more obedient in the things that I was doing, and so I went to, our pastor asked me to, if I'd be interested in going, actually, it wasn't, it was our, well, I can't say his name, because he's a missionary now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Yes, I know. Yep, Him. He asked me if I'd be interested in going to Engage Global, which Engage Global they're they're a great group. They work with pastors and with church staff, church leaders, to help mobilize the church. Um, and they've got, I mean, they've they've had years of experience in the field. Um, Nikki and Rick they lived in Laos for several years, and um, they were full-time missionaries abroad, and now they've come back stateside. They're in Minneapolis, um, and they have created this curriculum to help pastors and to help put people in the position that they fit in. So some people are goers, some people are senders, some people are financers, some people are intercessors. So it's just all about trying to find where you fit into the the workflow of the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. So he asked me if i wanted to go there and i said yep send me i'll go um it was a long weekend um learned a, learned a lot um but even going going into there it was only out of obedience it wasn't because i wanted to go and i remember while i was there my uncle passed while i was there and like i remember I remember sitting there going through some of the lessons with them and listen, listening to them, and I remember thinking about him. hmm And I just think that it was like it was a, dare, dare I say, attack just to make sure that my mind wasn't where it needed to be because I was trying to take actionable steps to get where I knew I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a distraction, huge distraction. Um, and like I, I admitted that to them. I was like, "Look, I, my my head's not right. Like I've got this on my mind, and I need to kind of reevaluate." All in all, great trip. Learned a lot. Um, <clears throat> that was September. Come October. I was getting ready to leave for Turkey with Mystery Man, mm-hmm. Mike, uh, and myself. No, it was us three. Um, which I've talked a little bit about that on some other episodes. Um but like that was my first that was my first real mission trip. And it's short term, albeit short term, it was still very involved. Um and let me tell you, like, you know better than anyone because, like, I got called you in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some serious, serious attacks while mm-hmm. I was there. And let me tell you, they were successful. They, man, they got my spirit down. Mm-hmm. Bad. And um, I won't say it was a, like, I mean, they did happen, but I won't say that. They were completely successful because, I mean, I'm going back. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already been to Bolivia. We're about to go to Kenya. We're going to Southeast Asia. We'll definitely go back to Turkey.
1: So... If only for the Ishkandiri kebab.
0: We we'll, on our way to Kenya. How far out of the way is it to go to... What's
1: on the way? Is it? Okay. Well, good deal. And We might... We might...
0: I know we had talked about <coughs> doing a few days there, yeah, and then doing a few days in Kenya, yeah,
1: we might or go to Cyprus
0: reverse. at some point and all that.
1: So, well, not to jump in in the middle of your whole story, but like a couple of things that kind of stuck out first was like it it takes a lot to be able to admit when you realize your heart's not in the right place. So, like to hear you say. I was on stage, I was playing worship, but my heart was hard. And I know that's not where you are now, but that's a there's a lot of courage in being able to admit and be honest and, you know, all right, Lord, how do I get back to a true sinner? Um, and then as you were talking to reminded me, I was just thinking about this last night, like in our prayer, in our prayer life. How we communicate with the Holy Spirit and the creator of the universe. And like, just even thinking through my own prayer life of like, man, it is a privilege to be invited into what God is doing around the world, right? It's Mm -hmm. not like, yeah, we can think about ministry as a job or obligation, but at the end of the day, like, he doesn't, he doesn't need us to be involved. He invites us in. And one of the other missionaries that was at Indian Springs this year had that. And it was one of the things that I took away as one of the you know, kind of the points that I just had really thought about for a while afterwards was this whole idea of the mystery of participation that we get invited into what God's doing around the world and it's a privilege. And he could just as easily move us out. Mhm. So
0: God's plan is going to go forward one way or the other. Mhm.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So you went to Turkey, <clears throat> came home. Yep, we had dinner. We've talked about this before. And then I went to Kenya like directly after. I think there was like a week gap. Mhm. Um
0: Then you were gone. After you got back, we,
1: wasn't it after you Mm -hmm. got
0: back, we went fishing?
1: No, it was before, I think. Was it? At any point.
0: At some point. Yeah. Before or after Turkey slash Kenya last year. Right. 2021. We went fishing. Mm -hmm. And kind of explored the idea of some kind of a partnership right together um in Cisterna. Um so I I've said before um a pastor or a former pastor in our hometown used to have this saying the Great Commission says go. If you can't go, send and if you're not doing either you're disobeying. Mm-hmm. Um So like I just kind of saw, this as a like an opportunity to be involved in missions on both sides. Mm -hmm. So we can go and form relationships with these coffee growing communities and try and reach unreached people groups. But while we're not there constantly, like we're providing resources and a way of life for them in a loosely based thought process but um, like on the other side like we are like we're sending through others too Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I'm trying to think of when I think it was right before I went to Turkey I told you I was kind of nervous about some stuff, and I think that's when the friendship kicked off for me. I think that's when it when it was I, that. You're right. So it was that, and then we went fishing, mm-hmm. and then I went to Turkey. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of when everything kind of kicked off for me. Now we've been. Close friends now for 10, nine months, 10 months, maybe. Something like that. A little less than a year. Um, we've been pretty close. But, like, going into springs this year was a completely new perspective. N- not, like, I, I knew what to expect this time around, obviously. Um, but now, like, being able to have a little more clarity... And like we're still figuring stuff out with Cisterna, mm-hmm. you're still like figuring out things with Beehive. Right. You're a little further along in Beehive than you uh, are with yeah. Cisterna, but um, well, I say a little. You're significantly further along than 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 Cisterna is with Beehive, but um, but like going in with a little more clarity in like what we're doing right. at camp, what we're doing as ministry partners mm-hmm. what we're doing as just Christians right um i don't know it's if you if you were to lay last year and this year on top of each other like what would shine through is uh, it's it's a lot different than what it would have been last year
1: right well and going into camp this year You wanted to come. You weren't just obligation or obedience, but I think you kind of were beginning to recognize the privilege of being invited into the ministry that God's doing at Indian Springs and being a part of the youth. You were still in worship as production manager. Um, And, uh, I mean, you talk about those two trips, Turkey and Kenya, pivotal life change moments, I think, for both of us in different ways. And have I think, I think God used both of those independently as we've come together and worked together and, and our friendship's grown to really kind of reshape where we're going in a lot of things um, in life, in business, in ministry. I think the way that you and I both Uh, order our families and lead our families is different for the better because of those experiences and being, I think, more in tune with what God's calling is on each of our lives independently. So all of that goes into this year's camp experience looking different because it was a new, like you said, camp's part of my DNA and I've been going to Indian Springs for 37 years. Um, Good gracious. Well, and I named after one of the founders. And so there's a, a long, long history uh, with Indian Springs and, and myself. And there've been times when I've embraced that. And there've been times when, you know, I didn't fully embrace that. And, and this, this year going into camp was different for Iris and I, because we were not only serving as the youth directors, but also serving camp as missionaries. Mm. So it was awesome to have you there doing worship production and as a friend because you're one of the few people that know yeah. the, you know like to have have someone else on camp besides Iris that I can be like hey this is what's really tough. This is what, you know, rubber meets the road. These are some hard things and you know be able to pray for each other in those Areas and and everything, and man, that was it. Was a year, um, it was a really good year, I think, for both of us. Um, it went by super fast, it did feel like that, and you know, I felt like that was just me because I was on kind of double duty. I'd, I'd check in with you in the morning, and then I'd be going and speaking at the main tabernacle, and mm-hmm. then wouldn't be back again to check in until late in the afternoon, yeah. So, um but that was, it was a pivotal year too for us to to be able to platform, Beehive and share what we believe is God's mission and vision, and what His calling on my life and Iris's life and and even Vera Ruth as as a little one. I mean, we're raising her to be a missionary too, and that's exciting to see. And so, to be able to share that vision with others and have people. Finally, come around and, and say, Wow, okay. we want to share in the mission with you. Yeah, we want to be a part of it. Yeah. Because um, there were seasons where it felt to me like, uh, man, I'm in the desert, you know, mm-hmm. like we're, we're way out here. Yeah. And, and there have been times when I've looked around and I've literally been in the desert. Uh, and in those moments is when I felt the closest to what God's will and call is for my life. Um but I think you know as we look at camp last year to this year I think for both of us I think we're both stepping into a more a more fullness of what God's calling is on both of our lives. Um and it's cool that we get to do that together. Yeah. And um Yeah, even if we are still halfway trying
0: to figure it out. But right. I'm I'm glad to be in a position now where I'm not the one trying to drive. I'm just following. I don't even know. I mean, you're not driving either. Mm-mm.
1: I think that's the thing. There were there were seasons where, uh, you know, particularly like with Beehive, um, that. I felt like it was all on my shoulders and I was trying to push everything, yeah. you know. And coming out of Kenya and realizing, man, this is just a privilege to be invited into and it's not mine. And, um, you know, the the truest places, and the cleanest places in my life that I look back on were the moments when I let go and just followed God's lead And so, um, this has definitely been a season of that for me, and it doesn't, it doesn't make it more comfortable in some senses, um, because there's a lot of trust that goes into whatever's coming next, but in the same time, like, man, it, it has felt so much better and it's becoming more and more comfortable. To to be completely uh, entrusted into the will of God.
0: Well, that's, and I think that's probably the hardest thing that I've had to learn too. And maybe it's because we are so alike, you and I. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I've I've tried my best not to have to depend on anyone. Because people will fail you, you know, mm hmm oh, I know, yeah, well, and so it's difficult for me, or at least it was it's it's less difficult now, I won't say that it's not still difficult, but it's less difficult for me to depend on God because I think I know what's best for my life. We both know that that's not true, right. I don't really know what's best for me because I don't know what God has planned. Who who knows? We could be sitting here with two other people this time next year. Mm-hmm. Um, or may not. I mean, we, we don't know. We may not be sitting here. Christ may come back between now and next August 3rd. Come quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Like, it's just, I, I don't know, that was a, that's still the hardest thing, is having to, having to depend on, like, not, the the unknown. That's the, that's the most difficult part, I think, for me. Right. And I think you're a little further along in that, too, because, um, I mean, like, we're the provider for our families, and. I mean it's it's difficult to go out on a limb and Mm -hmm. risk and but risking it for the greater good of the kingdom rather than I mean it's exponentially more rewarding right but very
1: yeah it's scarier now but I wouldn't have it any other way in some senses yeah Um, so so yeah it's good i will say
0: i think that that train comes through it listens somehow it listens and it comes through when we're at our peak in the episode Uh uh-huh
1: well and i was i was counting it down i was thinking we if not, I
0: can stretch this out just another 20 seconds, it'll be passed, and then the horn blast won't be as bad.
1: I really thought that this might be the one time that you made it through without saying anything.
0: <sighs> I Well, I was going to, <clears throat> but I just decided, and this is staying in. It, train conductor, if you can hear me.
1: Maybe it's our schedule. Maybe it's because we're... I In the that studio... Thing, that thing comes... This time, every, every time. Wednesday. Yeah, you're and right. It's... I mean, train schedules don't really change, so... You're not... Maybe we need to adjust. Yeah. They were here first. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> and we can be upset with the train conductor all we want, but he's just doing his job, and the reality is we picked this time to set up a studio right next to the train track. So next time it happens... When we're recording in two weeks here, on a Wednesday, what time is it? Eleven twenty. So,
0: so we're not going to record from eleven o'clock to twelve o'clock, no, or eleven to eleven. No, no,
1: no. I think we just we just mark our watches and, and wait go. for it to come through. There he is, right on time.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: train schedule doesn't change. So,
0: I will say, I know that I'm not finished. I know that there's still uh, active work going on which is good and I mm-hmm. welcome it.
1: Well, and then that's and that's how it should be. If you remember in the you know the reciprocal of our friendship, I called you in the middle of the night while I was in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I uh I called you in the middle of the night Kenya time which was daylight here. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I did you a favor I knew I knew how international time zones work. Um I did too. I just didn't care. <clears throat> That's true. That's where we're different. <laughs> um but we were talking about you know gold in a refiner's fire. And I mean we're never fully finished, right? But you shared with me then that image of gold passing through a refining fire over and over and every time the sheen gets a little bit brighter, mm-hmm. and the whole point is to see and reflect the creator more clearly. And that stuck with me. And that's something that like I thought about a lot. And, you know, as you were just saying, you know, I'm not done. Like we're none of us are really ever complete yeah. in that refining. But as long as our goal is always to try to reflect the creator, a little more brightly, with every passing through the fire. Now,
0: I'm no smelter. I'm not a blacksmith, hmm. but and I don't even remember where I heard that, but that's something that stuck with me for a long time too. We attributed all. How do we even get on that? I don't remember what we were talking about when.
1: I don't. Well, I, was, I mean. I was dealing with a lot of different things. Well then but it was part of a it was part of a a a long copy post I was writing for Beehive uh, to post on Facebook and talking about kinda you know learning Mm -hmm. from our scars and and so then I think you brought it up.
0: It's going through this process, the refining process is uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm oftentimes painful. Um, And it's, I mean, it's never anything pleasant. Be like, and a matter of fact, I had this conversation with you almost a year ago. Mm. And I said, in a year's time, I'll be looking back and I will be thankful for what I've been through. Mm -hmm. Did not, like, none of the refining process did I want to go through. Right but I'm thankful that I did. Absolutely. So, heating up silver or gold, all the impurities are scraped out. It's all melted down to a liquid. All the impurities are scraped out and you're left with less and less every time you do it. Mm -hmm. The goal is for the smelter to see, is that what you would call them, smelter? hmm I think. I think so, too. Um, but the goal is to be able to see your reflection mm-hmm. in the liquid metal. It should be a mirror image. And like in the refining process that God is putting us through, melting us down, taking out the impurities, so that he can see his reflection in us that's wildly uncomfortable but that's always the goal but the end like mm. absolutely i think that if more and this is not to pat ourselves on the back but i think that if more people embrace that process
1: world would be a much better place right Yep. So I think kind of circling back to a couple of things that you were saying at the beginning, and I think we we both have you and I both have been on I think we were on almost parallel journeys, but they converged. So we were we're getting to the same the same path close around the same time I think uh, if we look back. Uh but like we, you said at the start of the episode, the the feeling of tension when, you know, we're out of line with our first ministry, you know, our first ministry being our relationship with God the Creator, and then from there our second ministry being our wife who mm-hmm. is our, our same flesh, and then our family, and then everything else vocationally falls in after that. Well, there were seasons... In the recent past, where neither of us, you and I, were getting those things right. But I think we have both independently reprioritized and focused on those ministries, and that started to bring things more in a line. We've embraced the refining process, even when it was painful. Um, I think we've both learned as well that it's purely a privilege to be invited into what God is doing in yeah. ministry around the world. And, and I think that kind of brings us full circle to a year later, a year anniversary of a friendship, a lot of really cool things coming in the near future as we're working to impact the kingdom in a different way moving forward. Um, because what what we're setting out to do with Cisterna is a new... Kind of entrepreneurial mission, mission model, work, yeah, yeah. Uh, and as we share that with other people, it's it kind of raises eyebrows. I think in a good way. It's an so. interesting concept. <clears throat> yeah.
0: So I mean, you've got your business, I've got mine, mm-hmm. and we kind of have the same mindset as far as like or entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, I guess. Um. And like approaching approaching ministry that way right has been very interesting mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun it has and it's rewarding yeah um, I don't know, and I don't know people people seem to be accepting of it,
1: so yeah, we might be on to something I think. I don't want to speak too soon, but maybe I think we're next
0: year whenever we do this year yeah. in review. Yeah. We'll be like,
1: wow, what a dud. <laughs> we were way off. Well, that'd be cool. We'll talk about that. Um, so wrapping up, it's been a wild ride so far. We've got a road trip coming up. By the time this episode comes out, we'll have gotten Finished. back from that road trip, but that'll be fun. Picking up some coffee. In we Miami. say that. We say, we say now, oh, well, that'll be fun, but maybe it won't. We'll see. Um, but we're going to Gatorland. Dude, get off the Gatorland thing. What is up with you in Gatorland? Have you ever been to Gatorland?
0: No. It's amazing. Is it really? hmm Is it in Everglades National Park? hmm Well, we can cross Everglades mm. off my list. We'll go. Anyway. Are we really going to
1: Gatorland? We can't go that far and not go to Gatorland. <laughs> we have to go to Gatorland. We'll talk about it later. Um, (laughs) just wrapping up. So, I think in the show notes for this week's episode, you need to drop the July 16th picture from 2021, the the break-the-internet picture of the talent show that you took. Mm, Yeah. A, because you look like a sweaty rock star. Dude, I was. It was so nasty. I know. Um, but also, um... Just to to throw that in there and then let's try to put the the link to the Indian Springs Facebook page so people can make sure they're following because next steps will be pushing out podcast episodes of all of the messages from Indian Springs.
0: Yeah, or we could just link to to that podcast.
1: Yeah, so making that available. So Mm. keep an eye out for those things coming up. When you listen to this and you were checking the show notes out.
0: And if you listen to last week's episode, mm-hmm. um, keep an eye out too, uh, because, let's see, that one comes out the 4th, so this one comes out the 11th. the 11th. So two weeks, roughly, well, almost three weeks, because um, there's 31 days in August. So almost three weeks from when you're hearing this, we will have... New Bolivian coffee. um, Hopefully new packaging. New packaging. And a brand spanking new website Mm. where you can go and enter all of your information to hear about our podcast. To order a t-shirt that will become your new favorite t-shirt. Order you a coffee mug Mm. that Mm. you may or may not like. Because some people can't get on the 10 cup camp mug train. I don't know why. Oh, they're glorious, yeah, they don't insulate for nothing but but they're cool, yeah, so anyway keep uh keep an eye out for all that um, hey, if you want um you can go to our website, actually, not if you want, you should do it anyway, whether you want to or not, but go to our website the TheSlowDripPodcast.com. dot com the podcast dot com um Go to our contact page and you can uh, fill out a contact form, or there's a little bubble down at the bottom where you can text us directly. Um, we'd love to stay in contact with you, mm-hmm. um, let you know what's going on, um, give yeah. you more information about being involved in Cisterna or Beehive or
1: feedback from the episodes. Yeah, even if to. you
0: want to fact check us on every single episode, we welcome it. Send us, send us. Every fact you can. If we're wrong about everything we've said up until this point, let us know. We don't think we are, but all the more reason for you to let us know.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think it's a good time for a break. Yeah. Let's take a break. All right.